0: This week, we have a full moon in sidereal Taurus, and it will conjoin retrograding Mars to almost exactly the degree on Wednesday, December 7th at 1107 PM Eastern time. So it's in Rohini Nakshatra in Vedic astrology. And if all of that, that I just said sounds foreign to you or you didn't understand it stick around you are listening to the yogi scopes podcast and i'm your host rosemary holbrook your friendly neighborhood vedic astrologer and yoga teacher training to become a yoga therapist so this is your yoga practices for the astrological weather i just shared actually a youtube video Of this morning's Moonday practice. It's a free practice we offer every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. You get the recording immediately after if you can't attend live. So, I already shared a practice to work with this energy. So, sometimes I will share actual yoga practices that you can follow along with and do, and I'll guide you through the practice. But on this podcast, I'm explaining the astrology, explaining how I arrive at what yoga practices you can use to embody and work with this energy. And at the end, I always share specifically what kind of yoga practices, things from yoga philosophy that you can work into your own practice, whether that's teaching what you're teaching or what you're practicing at home, and then some journal prompts so that you have um, just something to ponder, to think about, to want, you know. Really integrate the message of what's happening astrologically right now so you can work the best with it. So, just a quick logistical reminder this is sidereal astrology. So, if you, I mean, maybe you didn't turn it off if you're hearing me say this when I said the full moon's in Taurus, um, instead of whatever they're saying in Western astrology, I always forget probably the next sign. I don't know. But this full moon is happening in sidereal Taurus. So, if you want some more resources about, um, sidereal astrology and the difference between that and Western astrology. I do have an article on my blog. So if you just go to my website, yogiscopes.com and find the, blog, in the navigation, you can find an article, What is Vedic Astrology? And it'll tell you all about the difference. You can read about it there. Otherwise, if you are ready, and you know the difference, or you don't care, and you just want to get your sidereal chart, you can go to yogiscopes.com slash chart. And then there's also a super cool free worksheet at the bottom to help you understand your chart off the gate. So you know what you're looking at, because usually when you look at a chart, it seems like a foreign language, but that's that's the idea. We want to look at what's happening in the night sky and how it might be impacting us. And we do that using our birth chart. And then we just have the yoga practices as a way to really fully embody the energy to work the best with it and to integrate it into your life. So stick around to the end for the yoga practices and journal prompts. So I already mentioned that the full moon is happening in sidereal Taurus in Rohini Nakshatra, and it will be conjoining retrograde Mars. So just a couple other quick notes before we dive deep into the full moon. I always like to give kind of greater context of what's happening astrologically because nothing happens in a vacuum, right? And this full moon in Taurus is different from the last full moon in Taurus because we have different stuff going on with the other planets. So that's why we factor in all this other astrological stuff. So... We have Venus just entered Sagittarius on December 5th, which is today, the day I'm recording this. And so when planets move from water signs to fire signs, I discussed this on the last episode, the December Yogi Scope, the outlook for December, the concept of Gandanta in Vedic astrology, which is where when a planet moves from a water sign to a fire sign, which happens three times a year, but from Scorpio to Sagittarius is one of those times. They go through what's called a spiritual knot. So when planets are in their Gandanta point, it is a time that you might be digging deeper into your spiritual knot. So you think about this like a, a knot in a muscle. Are you making it worse or are you making it better? And if you can kind of relax and release around that knot during the Gandanta point, you might be able to step forward with some more, you know, just in a better way of being as the planets move through that Gandanta point. So Venus is there and Venus is the Karaka of the significator of all things, love relationships, creativity, femininity, all of that kind of stuff. And so Venus is moving through its Gandanta point all week and during the full moon, Venus will be in that Gandanta point. And that's extra important because Taurus is ruled by Venus. So That's, you know, we'll talk more about that in a second, what that means, but it's just, it's bringing up all things, love, creativity, femininity, and are you really showing up in the best way that you want to related to those things? Or at this full moon, can you perhaps think about what's standing in the way of that and what you could release and let go so that you can show up in the way that you want to? And then The other important point to factor in astrologically about this full moon is that it will, almost to the exact degree, it's within a few minutes, you know, which is the next number after the colon in the degrees. So it will be at the same degree as retrograding Mars at the peak of the full moon. So while the full full moon is happening... the moon will be transiting over retrograding Mars directly. And that's also important because Mars is kind of the opposite of Venus, right? It's this polarity, this masculine feminine polarity. Venus is all things luxury, sensuality, femininity, creativity. And Mars is all things aggression, ambition. Um, Masculinity is Mars. Mars is the warrior planet. So... That's, that's just important to know that this sort of dichotomy is happening at the full moon. And then at the moment of the full moon, Mars and the moon will be the strongest planets at that time. And then also it's important to know that Rohini, the nakshatra, which we will get into nakshatras are lunar mansions. They function exactly like signs. I also have an article about that on my blog. If you want to read more about what nakshatras are and how to use them, um, to, to kind of power up your astrological study, but they're lunar mansions, so they matter a little extra for things happening with the moon. We'll just suffice it to say that, but Rohini nakshatra is maybe the best, maybe I shouldn't say it that way, but it's probably the best of the nakshatras and it's ruled by the moon. So we, you maybe know if you study yoga, practice yoga, you might've heard of Chandra before, like Ardha Chandrasana, half moon pose, right? Or Chandra, As in moon salutations, Chandra Namaskar, like Surya Namaskar. So Chandra is the moon and Rohini, all of the nakshatras, you could read more about this in the article. All of the nakshatras are wives of the moon, according to Hindu mythology, which is where we get most of these astrological archetypes is from the stories that were passed down by word of mouth in ancient India, which form Hindu mythology, which... Is where this stuff comes from, basically, in a nutshell. Um, and Rohini was the favorite wife of the moon. So all nakshatras have a ruler, similarly to all signs have a ruler, right? Like I mentioned that Taurus is ruled by Venus. So just everything about this full moon that I've mentioned so far, like Venus being Gandanta and Sagittarius, uh the full moon is happening in a Venus ruled sign in a moon ruled nakshatra and it's conjoining a retrograde Mars while also just a side note, don't get too in the weeds about all this, but while also Rahu and K2 are in Venus and Mars ruled signs. So pretty much everything happening while Mars, and Rahu and K2 are in those signs. I've mentioned this on several episodes, but And I don't want to go into that deep of an explanation of it every single time, but until next November, this whole masculine-feminine kind of dichotomy, Venus-Mars, everything Venus and Mars do is just a little extra important, a little extra poignant, a little extra potent, while Rahu and Ketu are in Venus and Mars ruled signs, which they will be until this time next year. It's like late October, early November of... 2023. And I have that date written down on the 2023 planner, which is coming out probably sometime this week. I'll release it to the members, uh, the folks that are in the Yogi Scopes community membership. So you can get on the waitlist for that, or you can also, yeah, if you get on the waitlist, I will send out a special deal, I've decided, for the yearly planning workshop, which is where, so if you sign up for the yearly plan, you can buy the planner itself if you just want the dates and the workbook portion, or you can sign up for the workshop where you will get um, the planner as well as the workbook for the workshop. And then it also includes a yoga practice. So you can see, find all of that at yogiscopes.com slash classes. If you want to sign up for the workshop. Um, but members will get the planner later this week. If you want the specific dates, I don't even keep them in my head because that's why I make the planner. So anyway, as I was saying, back to the full moon, everything masculine and feminine is kind of being brought to the forefront right now and will continue to be for another year is kind of what I was getting at. But then at this full moon, it is, as I've also been describing, Rahu and K two were until March of this year, they were in Taurus and Scorpio. So we've just had a new moon in Scorpio where I asked you, what is your relationship with intensity? Do you have a easier or harder time getting into intensity or staying in it or getting out of intensity? Are you kind of always intense and you can never settle or are you kind of, you could use a little fire under your ass, right? Like that was the new moon in Scorpio question, which is the last, you know, portion of this moon cycle. And now we have a full moon in Taurus. And I mentioned way earlier this year, if you've been around for a while that, while Mars was retrograding in Taurus and we'd have this new moon in Scorpio is kind of a time to reconcile all of the things that you've been working through since 2020. Like think since the pandemic, that's when Saturn moved into Capricorn in early 2020. And then we had Rahu and Ketu, so these are sort of the karmic indicators in Vedic astrology, Saturn, Rahu and Ketu, especially, I mean, all planets to some degree represent your karma, right? Like that's the whole idea, your birth chart, everything in your birth chart is your karma, but the slower moving planets are like where we really work through our karmic baggage is wherever the slower moving planets are, and they're all kind of shifting, right? Like we're having this moon cycle on the, where Rahu and Ketu were, with Mars retrograding, you know, and like I mentioned, where Rahu and K2 are now, what everything Mars and Venus do is extra important right now. So if you followed that, cool. I hope it helped. If not, just know that what I mean by that is we're releasing at this time, we're shedding the past, not just this year, but the past couple years of stuff, of any kind of baggage you've collected. Um, how do you want to step forth into the next cycle? So really we'll worry about, there is a new moon around the, the winter solstice, which is also, you know, that's like kind of the return to the light time here in the Northern hemisphere. It's the shortest day. So the days are only getting brighter from there. So, so the new moon and that winter solstice, that's why I put the early planning workshop then because it really astrologically made sense for it to be then with the sun and Sagittarius. Like I described what that would be like on the December outlook episode, Um, but anyway, it's right now an important part of the process. Like if you have a greater vision for your life and you want to step forward into that vision and like be that person and do the things you have to integrate and you have to release the things that are not that right. And so this full moon is a time for that. And so when we start to look at what a full moon represents or what, uh, like how we can work with the full moon, like I mentioned, we look at the the archetypes of the sign and the nakshatra where it's happening. So at a full moon is when the moon and sun or yeah, moon and sun are completely opposing each other in the sky. So we have at the time of the, the sun won't be in Sagittarius quite yet. It's still in Scorpio. It's moving into Sagittarius next week. Um, So the moon will be in Taurus. So if I could say one keyword for moon in Taurus, important point to note, Moon is exalted in Taurus. So it does extremely well there. And I think that makes sense with like Taurus is ruled by Venus, which is the Karka of femininity in some ways, right? You could almost think of Venus as like the maiden archetype and moon is like the mother archetype. So they're both archetypes of femininity, um, which is why the moon does really well there. It's a very nourishing placement, moon in Taurus is. And then, so if I could say... One keyword, or I guess, key phrase for Moon in Taurus, it would be steady emotions. So that might be you. It might be that if you have Moon in Taurus in your birth chart, that that describes you, perhaps. Um, But for the full moon in Taurus, we want to think about what could you release, right, at full moons. So full moons are a time to release. They're also a time to bring things into fruition. So with Mars retrograde, with this full moon it might be that you're kind of realizing everything that you've been working with and i mean realizing in a in a sense of like bringing to fruition everything you've been working with for the past couple of years you're like stepping into that way of being so you can release you know everything you've been working with so you can just integrate it into your being that's kind of the idea at the full moon so what have you been working with related to sort of your emotions and emotional regulation and um, cultivating that sense of steady emotions, so what I want to really point out there is um homeostasis, right Like we have this idea of homeostasis. I've noticed that nervous system regulation has become this sort of buzzword among influencers is that's just something that I've noticed, and that's kind of what I do. That's what I talk about. That's what I, my whole, I did research on yoga for trauma. So a lot of it is around nervous system regulation and how that relates to emotional awareness. So just know that's the lens I'm coming from, but I want to point out that, okay, let's back up. Rewind. Taurus is the second sign of the Zodiac. So it has connections to some of the same, um, archetypes and ideals that the second house does. So if you think about diet, speech, finances, assets, early family life. So think about how all of those things relate to your emotions. Are you an emotional eater? Do does your emotional awareness or lack thereof come from your early family life? How did how does your early family impact how you view the world how you view traditions especially as we move into this sort of Sagittarius time of year like what you view as like the right thing to do this time of year how did your early family life impact that and is there anything that you want to release around that so so I just wanted to point that out before I get back to talking about this idea of homeostasis homeostasis and what makes our emotions steady. If we are able to find a steady emotional state, that might be hard, right? Like, so that's why I mentioned the journal prompts for the most recent new moon. What's your relationship with intensity? I'll go ahead and give you an idea. The, um, one of the journal prompts for this full moon is what's your relationship with stability and sort of the same idea. Are you stuck in stability, which would kind of play out like being stuck in a rut. Or do you have a hard time finding stability? Is, is stability like scary to you? So that is why I brought up the early family life thing because perhaps your early family life or early adulthood could have impacted um, to some folks who never experienced stability or experienced chronic stress for whatever reason. Um, lots of reasons you could experience chronic stress like growing up in poverty, being from a marginalized community. Um, having a stressful job, you know, whatever it is, any of those reasons you could have found yourself or been born into chronic stress, if that's your natural state, then a state of calm is going to feel scary. It's going to feel not right to you. So that's why this whole, this full moon is like bringing up what's your relationship to stability is really the main question. So on a related note, because Mars is also retrograde here with this full moon. I want to talk about expectations versus acceptance as it relates to emotional stability. So we have this chronic stress piece and that's important to think about is, are you always creating chaos in your life because stability feels foreign to you? Just have that in your awareness if that's kind of going on, but then also Do you create chaos because you have an expectation of how a, say, relationship is supposed to play out or how an event is supposed to play out? And instead of accepting how it really did play out or accepting how that person really is, you create this emotional instability for yourself that's all based on your reaction of how that was supposed to have been, right? So. With this Mars retrograde conjunct the full moon, I want to say take charge. Like that's Mars retrograde. Mars is extra strong while it's retrograde. And I did a whole Mars retrograde episode if you want to find that on the podcast and go listen, get more in depth if you haven't listened to that already. But Mars is all, it's all about taking charge, right? Like what are you taking charge of? And when it's here with the full moon, how often do you take charge of your own inner well-being, your own emotional state Um, and one way I could suggest that you can do that is to cultivate acceptance instead of reacting emotionally based on your expectations, right? And so that's why I brought up the early family life thing too, because a lot of times our expectations we have for ourselves, for events, for the traditions, the way things should play out is based on our early family life, like how we were brought up impacts what we expect from the world, right? And so can you cultivate the sense of acceptance so that you can accept things the way they are? And ultimately, that's going to result in a lot more emotional stability when you're not reacting to kind of your projection of how things should be, which is what an expectation is. So with this full moon, like I mentioned, this how your early family life is impacting those expectations, there could be some undoing of belief systems that um you got from your early family life especially related to love creativity and communication so mercury ha- is pretty much through it's gone down to point now as i'm recording this it will be by the time of the full moon but it will have just gone through its has to point so same thing releasing any kind of ways of being related to communication that's why i bring that up but with Venus Gundanta at the time of this full moon. So all the things I mentioned so far, those expectations, your belief systems from early family life, and then Venus moving through its Gundanta point, how do those belief systems or expectations play out to relationships, to creativity? What does it mean to be creative to you? What is your creative outlet? So even if you don't consider yourself an artist, everybody has a creative outlet. I promise you, you do like something We're all artists really is kind of what I'm trying to say. Um, Even if you don't create art for a living, that doesn't make you not an artist. Um, And so that's a Venus thing. So maybe you even have some belief systems from your early family life about what it means to be an artist, right? Um, Or just from the way you're brought up, especially if you're brought up in a capitalist society, that's all I'm going to say about that. This full moon could bring some undoing around those belief systems. So if you examine those belief systems, Really I mean, that's kind of the point of astrology in general, like is it I ask myself a thousand times today, why am I like this? Right. And I look at I look at my birth chart for answers, I look to the way I was brought up, I look to my that's really like your belief system. Like, you know, and I'm like, why am I like this? It's like why why do I care? Why a thing is playing out the way it is. Why do I behave the way I do? That's why we study astrology. And so this full moon, if you examine yourself and you find that there's something that's not resonating with your belief system, with where that belief system comes from, it could be a good time to release that. So it's also a good time to examine your relationship with luxury and self-care. So I want to point out that self-care, like hashtag self-care, can often, when we think of like, you know essential oils and bath bombs and Epsom salts and whatever, like candles, self-care, consumerist self-care. It's like, what are, so that's this idea we get of self-care from the capitalist society that at least I live in, right? Like when you say self-care, that's kind of the image that it brings up for me. Um, So just know when you think self-care, where does your mind automatically go? And is, if it's consumerist self-care like me, these questions are going to apply a little bit more. If not, I ask you to ask yourself these same questions. Is is your self-care, is your idea of self-care and luxury, is it consumerist driven or do you truly know within your being what nourishes you? Um, so notice, this is what I want you to notice, is that the actual goal of self-care, like the Epsom salt bath and all that stuff, is usually the the ultimate goal is to regulate your nervous system, to find that emotional stability so you're not like, up in the stress state or down and depressed and sad it's to like make you feel good it's to make you feel emotionally regulated and calm so calm doesn't necessarily mean happy right like this toxic positivity idea so that the idea is to find that homeostasis with our emotions to find that sense of calm despite what is so to find that sense of acceptance so if you can cultivate that you know epsom salt baths help especially if you have some muscle tension. I'm not saying don't do any of the consumerist self-care. I'm just saying um, like this is like a post I shared in the yoga and astrology Facebook group recently, which is free and anybody can join it. But um, about how self-care can often be like doing the hard things, like cleaning your house can feel like self-care, right? So just examine your relationship to luxury and self-care. And if you do come up that you have any like belief systems around luxury and self-care that are, uh, not coming from, they don't feel nourishing. If you notice that they come from like kind of what you were raised in, you can release that and you can choose something new that feels more nourishing. So just to recap, um, the moon and Mars will be the two strongest planets in the night sky at the moment of the full moon. They will be conjoined. Retrograding Mars will be conjoined with the full moon in Taurus and Rohini Nakshatra in Venus ruled Taurus, so it's kind of everything about masculine and feminine, examining your relationship with luxury and self-care, cultivating acceptance over expectations, and also noticing how your early family life impacts your view of maybe what it means to be masculine or feminine, right? Um, or your expectations for the world around you, your expectations for relationships, creativity love, all of that kind of stuff, right? So yoga practices to work with this are root chakra work, which I released a practice on YouTube this morning. I linked it in the show notes for the podcast and I will try to do the thing on YouTube. I don't know. I'm new to YouTube. I'll try to make it pop up or something um, so that you can easily find it. So you can do that. It's a 10 minute movement, 10 minute guided meditation. So the whole thing, the whole video, including me running my mouth at the beginning to tell you what it's about is about 25 minutes So it's about 20 minutes of actual practicing, gentle movement. You don't need any props with it. If you want to see an example of this in action, root chakra practice to connect with your base, to connect with what it means to feel supportive, connect with your feet and your seat. That's what I often say. The the words I like to say with the root chakra, right? Like everything, feet and seat, your connection to stability, right? That's all root chakra work. And then so moon salutations are a little bit, extra indicated at this full moon so chandra namaskar like i mentioned they're all you can always do moon salutations instead of sun salutations on the day of a newer full moon you can do moon salutations anytime you want to connect to the lunar energy but like i mentioned everything about this full moon is kind of femininity with that little flare of mars retrograde being conjunct so it's like feminine moon in feminine ruled sign in feminine nakshatra conjunct the most masculine planet there is. Um, so, so yeah, moon salutations are a little extra indicated, especially if you could use some cooling in your life related to that Mars retrograde. Um, and then Pada Banda. If you know that Pada Banda, I, I actually kind of cued it a little bit in the practice. If you go watch the, the yoga practice that will be linked um, and, and do it. You, it's connecting with your feet. It's connecting with, it's the the foot lock. Like you might have known, you might know mula bandha. You can do mula bandha too um, to connect to your root. But especially practicing patabanda in like standing poses, we'll do some of that in our Wednesday practice, which you can also drop into or if you sign up um, the members, if you sign up, whether you're a member or you drop in, you will get the recording after. Even if you can't make it live, it'll be automatically sent to you. And then, so, our journal prompts, I started to allude to these already, but what is your relationship with stability? Do you have more trouble finding it, maintaining it, or breaking out of it? Like, do you feel like you're in a rut, like you're a little too stable, right? Or does stability feel unsafe to you and you're always trying to create chaos when you get a little bit of stability? So... Or do you have trouble finding it, maintaining it, or breaking out of it, right? Like, do you feel like you're in a rut? Or do, you, are you more a tendency to, like, create chaos when you're in that stability? Like, does it feel foreign to you? So you create chaos when you experience a little bit of stability. And the next question is, what makes me feel most nourished, right? So that's that question I asked about what's your relationship with self-care? Is it this consumerist-driven? Where did you get your idea of what self-care is or what it means in your life? And then once you figure that out, not just where you got the idea, but what actually genuinely feels nourishing to you, if it is Epsom salt that's fine, whatever. Like, I'm not here to tell you what it is, but once you've landed on what makes you feel most nourished, it could be lots of things. The next part of that question is how can you tap into that when you need it, right? Like, how can you work that into your daily life so that you can feel nourished and give from this nourished place on a regular basis so that you can really you know, create the life that you want to create. So, and I should have mentioned this sooner, but that's what Rohini Nakshatra is all about is creation and fertility. So go out there and make your dreams happen. Thanks for being here. Check out that practice. And I'd love to see you in the membership, sign up for the waitlist. If you want to, if you want a little special deal to get only folks on the waitlist for the membership are going to be able to join the membership. Otherwise, the membership will open to the public in January. But if you're on the waitlist, I'm going to send y'all a special little time to join before the workshop. If you want to come to the yearly planning workshop, then all this stuff will be linked in the show notes. So just look below for the links. You can comment on YouTube now, like, share, subscribe, give me all the digital warm and fuzzies. Thanks so much for being here. Keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends.